Sonic underscore Gino. It's a Tuesday night. You're batting first. No geezy this evening. I'm sure all the podcast listeners are frantically scrolling. Where's hashtags and headlines? But you and I have plenty of those to, to discuss because we're both wrestling journalists, are we not? We are, and there's a lot of news that's been going around the wrestling world. A lot of stuff's been going on. A lot of predictions and possibilities of who could be the fifth woman for this war games match. There's so much we could discuss that would be just headlines. There's so and much. And, and for those who are hearing this, yeah, I, I, I've been sick for like five days. That was another fresh. So Friday, let's just let's talk about headlines in my life. Friday, I get off work. I'm feeling great. And we go to dinner, and suddenly I get like the tickle in my throat. And my son had had a fever all week. Uh, my son Ralph had a fever all week. So I've been like around sick people. Uh, most of my coworkers were out sick, and they all came back for Friday. And like, I think I just got it. It finally just hit me. And of course, it hits me on the fun days. It hits me on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and I'll even throw Monday in that. And I was just dog shit, Gene. I was falling apart. Like I thought I was gonna die. Um, it was like, I, I thought I had COVID again is really what it felt like was just, is this like what real COVID is? Like that was my thought. Cause I was at 104 for a while. I was, I had 104 fever and then I woke up and I had it still. And I was having those thoughts of like, is this just my life now? Is my life just 104 fever and not being I able to sweat? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm making sure the, the TTSs are turned on an Alexa bomb. From Nathan Weller, you know he's really upset. There's no geezy tonight, right? Yeah, and hope again we're gonna be. I know how fucking bad it is to be sick, man. Thankfully, right now after working 13 days straight, still not sick at all. So I'm at least glad to still be able to keep pushing myself forward. I I only missed one. Thank you, G Spot. I, I did miss one grit. It was from Nathan. He said, "We want geezy. We want geezy." We want Geezy. Cassidy says that he wanted some football talk. Um, I might record something after we're done, Gino, you know, like, because I think you and I will probably, I mean, I got all these hashtags and headlines, but I do want to talk some Antonio Brown. I do want to put together the parlay still for this weekend. So there's not, or I could even do something on Thanksgiving is another thing I thought about doing. So we have options. It's not like we're, we're restricted, but as any, if you could tell, my voice is already in and out. Uh, I actually was at work for like two and a half hours. Malachi Black says Gino acknowledges Vilidi's comment that we want Jeezy over you. Oh, I don't Malachi know. Malachi Black says Gino acknowledges Vilidi's oh. comment that we. It double played. I, I turned that one off, Gino. You don't need to hear all the scrutiny more than one time. But um, we are wrestling journalists, Gino. And I got some pretty positive feedback from last week. You were kind of the star. I decided to highlight your attributes rather than just ask you. Gino, what do you think about this? And then you go on some random tangent about W. Morrissey should be the WWE champion. Like, you can somehow spin it into some weird world. So I said, let's kind of lean into that, but make him stay in, like, WrestleMania, what do you see? Next year's full gear, what do you see? So I think trying to have you play psychic worked out pretty well. This, if we have time tonight, I might have you go back in time. There's some things I need Gino's brain to fix. You super kicked you right in the face? Thank you, Noseberg. What, what do you think, Gino? Did you get any feedback from last week? And I haven't been able to check any of the feedback from last week, but you know what? I don't mind the idea of like figuring out who or where each of these superstars are going to be in the future, be it in WWE, AEW, or in the past with Impact Wrestling, where we could have fixed this company. Well, we are wrestling journalists, and that means we're wrestling analysts. I want us to be ESPN. I want us to be the talking heads at the desk 
who maybe played a couple years in, in professional football, but maybe they didn't. I'm pretty sure that Good Morning Football show, one person played football and the other nine didn't do shit. So people are okay hearing other idiots talk about sports. And wrestling's that same way, obviously. Like, that's that's got to be – that's why – we should just be Steven Larson by the, by now, Gino, you and I. You're pretty much Larson. I don't know why I haven't seen that until I'm saying it out loud right now. But, uh, yeah, as journalists and analysts, there's, there's topics that hit the news, that hit the news cycle we want to give our opinion on, but we also want to give our analysis. So uh, this one came right across my news feed today, brother. Uh, Andrade, Andrade had a cryptic, uh, Instagram post with like a mask. He was looking at it like such, and apparently he says like goodbye or adios amigo. So, uh, what is, is this just cryptic for cryptic sake or is Andrade leaving AEW or is he retiring from wrestling? Uh, walk me through everything I just said out loud. So from what I can gather, cause there are like multiple <laughs> different interpretations that could mean I'm partial to the idea that he's saying goodbye to Andrade El Idolo and he may be t- saying that he's going to come back as CN and that'd be great. Just no more Andrade, just go to CN like he used to be before <laughs> going to AB and Andrade CN Amos. He's just CN in AEW for a short time before he goes back to WWE. You just want him to come back as his middle, his little moniker. I'm a hundred. So I, I think he's like, is he, I think he's saying goodbye to AEW, right? He got in the backstage uh, fight with Sammy Guevara, who should be the Ring of Honor champion as we speak. Uh, he got in a backstage fight with Sammy. There's clearly already issues as far as creative. They brought in Chavo for him, took Chavo away immediately, had him doing stuff with the Hardy office. Hardy wanted to do something else, so that broke up immediately. He was supposed to do he was supposed to do this like angle with Preston, which nobody had any interest in, and was really below him, wasn't it? Like, can we agree that Andrade versus Darby in a casket match was so up here? And then for some reason we got the next thing was Andrade versus Preston. I know you're a Dark Order fan, but isn't that even like that's like Roman Reigns is gonna take a second to do a program with like I don't know like Otis. I mean, it is similar to that, but at the same time, I could see a lot of potential with Preston. I could see 10 being this big star that breaks free from the Dark Horse. So this whole Andrade family, the real LIJ, trying to get new members and getting Preston to be a part of this with Roosh and Jose, the assistant, we could see something. But yeah, they didn't know where to go. with it. They're just like, Dark Order be who you are, and that's just funny bullshit, not really serious. Well, we're trying to be serious to get 10 in here because 10 would be a perfect fit, unlike being a part of these goofs. Yeah, and, and maybe that was the best way to do that. Like, hey, let's just get him away from Dark Order any way we can. We want to get him with somebody that might elevate him. Andrade is the perfect person to do that. But the fact that it was weeks and weeks and weeks, like that can be a, this Friday night on Rampage, I'm going to take Preston away from you. It's one week. We we then we build that storyline the week's afterwards we don't necessarily need to have this huge lead up to it for then it for it to then finally happen because who gives a shit it's fucking dark order dark order was the best part of dark order was they did become the jobber stable and it and that was their gimmick was it was silly like hey you've lost a bunch of matches in a row join the dark order they have they have john silver and alex reynolds they have like two modern day stevie richards are on that team so i i'm i'm always confused why that's where they put Andrade. That's where they had this this top tier talent. They decided to throw him, I don't know, with with the Dark Order. And, and maybe this would go into my Geno game a little bit. But what would you have done differently with Andrade? Like, 
in AEW, it feels like he never got his footing. This is a guy that I anticipated could have been a world champion. Something better could have happened. I am with me. I think the whole big issue is that we always kept on because we have issues with all our other champions. So when like we always have to give the belt to Mox in between, and I don't think Mox versus Andrade would be as good a match as like a Mox versus Punk, Mox versus Hangman, Mox versus I not Mox. I mean Andrade, Andrade versus all these other guys instead of Mox. Mox is this guy who would be able to have a decent match with Andrade, but Andrade needs someone like Hangman, like Kenny like CM Punk that would have been able to have these elevated matches that I think I would have waited for that where we have a separate champion that's not Mox. So Andrade, so it doesn't just seem like, oh, WWE guy, WWE guy. It seems like something completely different and yeah. would give us that big elevated moment for Andrade. So I would have waited till we had that belt off of Mox, then immediately put him into the program with the champion. Do you think it's Punk's fault? Is Punk's arrival... Because now, I, Black says, Gino, slow the fuck down. No one understands what you are saying. <laughs> you did give it, Cassidy. Thank you so much. I mean, I got the chat open now. No doubting the Cowboys. Huge win. Absolutely over the Vikings. That was awesome. I'm, I'm interested to see the, the Vikings play this says, Thursday. Gino, have you tried being a hat guy? Gino's not a hat guy. He just doesn't rock hats. He has a beanie, I think, right? Um, and then Shalom. Uh, Noseberg said, congrats on my little Goyam. Thank you so much, Noseberg. Um I think CM Punk kind of ruined it because Andrade was a guy that came in and was, we would like to see him be a world champion somewhere. If it's not going to be WWE or at least Raw or SmackDown, it's not going to be Raw or SmackDown. It's going to be NXT, but we want to see him be the AEW champion or at least the TNT champion. Like he didn't even have that. So if you don't want to do too many WWE champions in a row, CM Punk coming in and then being another WWE guy to win the belt and when he loses it, they give it back to Mox and back to Mox. Mox was just kind of de facto champion over these last seven months. Uh, maybe there was supposed to be plans for Andrade to be elevated. But even saying that, they didn't have anything behind Andrade before before Punk got there. Same with same with Miro. These are guys that – same with, with Malachi. These are guys that were in WWE that we wanted to see be elevated. And once they got to AEW, the elevation didn't happen. Yeah, it really didn't. They get de-elevated and be put on elevation, which is just sad. You know, they have these moments where, like, we have these great stars, yeah. and we put them on elevation, and they're just, they get to have that big pop from the live crowd, but it's still not the same as being on television. So where's he going? So you think he is going to maybe debut a new character in AEW, and ultimately when that fails again, he's on his way back to WWE. Like, ultimately his adios amigo or farewell, that all the way just means I'm going to I'm going back to hang out with Charlotte. Yes, it obviously means that he wants to say goodbye to AEW and go to WWE, where he'll actually be used by his good friends Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I think either he, show. I think he's on his way out, and the fight with Sammy just confirms that. Like, if you are Tony Khan and you have this kind of pride about, no, I signed these guys. You guys are here for five years. That is cool. If the guys aren't getting in fights backstage, and you kind of want to make your decision up, like, do I want to have this guy? on my brand or on my roster that I'm not really using anyway that's getting into confrontations backstage, even though I would argue I would rather watch an Andrade match than a Sammy match. But And they could have even built to an Andrade versus a Sammy match. Like, use that backstage heat to kind of elevate it. But if you're just if you're going to make a decision or you're not 100% behind Andrade, just let him go. Let him go to WWE. Uh, I think he'd be a great addition to this Legato del Fantasmo thing. 
Like, oh, they're already with Selena anyway. Just slap them in there. That'd be fine. If Swerve could do the same thing, that'd be fantastic. Because I should have asked you this last week, Gino. Uh, Hit Row, what is the fucking point? How come those three people come out there? I think I asked you this already. But every time I see them come out without Swerve, and it's Ashanti and Top Tala trying to both do their Swerve Scott impressions, it's some of the most cringeworthy nonsense ever. Even B-Fab isn't confident out there anymore. Like, she was coming out to that match with Zelina a couple weeks ago. Like, oh, she's not wrestling, is she? Like, the whole thing is so cringe-inducing. What do we do to save this hit row? Well, Brianna Brandy is amazing. She's great talent. So again, we have the OG three. And again, we already know like where they're building up to. They can build up this whole three like a triple threat six person like three nine person yeah intergender tag team till WrestleMania they could do this for the longest time and have this big feud so that's already obviously where they're gonna go for but yeah I don't know where they're gonna go with hit row for the long term besides that because they do need swerve or they need to actually have more character besides just guys who perform live they need to have like more of a actual deeper character so we could possibly see like a top dollar in the main events or even mid card world champion we could have him for the ic title because him versus gunther i feel could be good i think it could be a good match i mean maybe i might better than what they're doing now i guess so because that sounds horrible like i don't know if nathan did use a grid i don't know if it's gonna play it but that sounds fucking horrible <laughs> like gunther versus uh, top dollar sounds kind of like a nightmare. It sounds like an episode of Velocity. Like, Gunther didn't have a match on the main card, so they just put him on Velocity. Like, that's what used to happen. So, when me and Scotty Williams would watch Velocity, it'd be cool. Like, oh, it was a John Cena match tonight. Or, oh my gosh, Brock's wrestling on Velocity? Like, <coughs> it was really just if you weren't booked on the main card, the live audience still wanted a match from Big Show. So, it would just be on Velocity against Funaki or whatever. Um but yeah, even uh, oh, the G spot in the chat. What's your beef with New, Z New Zealand beef? I don't even have a beef. I just liked the moments of consciousness that I had during Full Gear this past weekend. Listening to Kevin's commentary was like he was talking shit about New Zealand beef. Somebody told him to upload more videos, and he was like, "Fuck you!" And I thought I was even on Kevin's side. Like Kevin uploads like three or four videos a week. Like why are you? Why are you coming at him so hard? And then Kevin was talking about we need to say good morning. And then he replies with the sunshine emoji. So these are all things that if you're not in the companions, go to Subscribestar. Subscribe. It's like two bucks. Subscribestar.com slash TWFS. He actually updates his. I'm going to update mine eventually. I swear to God, you know. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so Kevin was just hilarious. I didn't get to finish the companion. But we will talk about AEW. Oh, I, actually, no, my next bullet point is AEW. So Jim Ross was told beforehand he was only going to call six matches. That was the plan was six matches of full gear were Jim Ross's, and then he was going to be pulled for, like, the final four. Um, that was the plan. Do you like that plan? Because he even said, like, I don't know why I wasn't asked to call the main event. Clearly, as a wrestling fan, that's what I wanted to do, and they pulled me from the main event. Like, why? Why pull your... I know Jim Ross is nowhere near the Jim Ross he should be. Like, he's not the same guy anymore. He even talked about wrestling Tomohiro Ishii. It's like wrestling an appliance. And I, it was okay, but, you know, he should have made it. It's like wrestling a washing machine. It's huge. But just saying an appliance, I think even Excalibur was like, like a toaster. 
So it was really awkward, really shitty commentary from Jim Ross. But is that why they gave him the first six and not the last four? I mean, I don't know why. That's the only thing. And I, when I heard that line, you reminded me why I hate Jim Ross now. You <laughs> forget, you made me remember that line. <laughs> Stuck in my head after I heard him, after Jericho's putting over Ishii. And we're going to have this match next Wednesday night. And he says, Ishii is like wrestling at appliance. And I was like, you don't know shit about New Japan, even though you were there for a short time. You don't remember shit. You might just remember, oh, Tanahashi is the ace. He'll remember, like, nicknames. He'll remember Stone Pitbull. But then when he hears Ishii, he's like, who's that again? He's the well, big, bald dude that's no Neko. And I think he even line. said, he even, like, outs out, like, I've called many of his matches, because he has. He used to do that all at, that, uh, the NJPW on Access. He did those matches. So he should remember who Ishii is. And for some reason, when it was time to hype up this big match, the best uh, description he had was an appliance. And gosh, it just felt so out of place. He's watched New Japan. That's what's more frustrating is that you're right. He has called New Japan matches before. So this is a guy that is is at like, or at least retroactively, or he's been, he's seen Ishii matches for sure. They did a good job because I hate Tony Now, Lockheed Black says no one gives two fucks about New Japan Geno. 15,000 people watch it. <laughs> well, and then even like, so great point by Nathan. Like, I don't really care about New Japan, but even that buildup of uh, Orange Cassidy and Jericho and booking the match for Wednesday, I'm sitting there as a mark. Like, oh, that sounds awesome. Let's go to Wednesday, you know? And I've been listening to a lot of like something to wrestle with. And they, they talk about, like, in the middle of a pay-per-view, having backstage segments and what the real purpose of them is for. And some stuff's just to make people laugh. Oh, some stuff is just for the audience that's there. But that was a great way to get people like me or people that are probably just watching the pay-per-view because it's a pay-per-view. And maybe they're at their friend's house or something, or maybe they're in our Discord. And they hear, like, oh, Jericho's fighting Ishii. I like New Japan or... You know, I, I, I'm interested because th this guy, they're talking about this guy in such a way. I want to see this match. They did such a great job hyping that up, and Jim Ross just fucking crushed it. So, I I, I don't know. Like, I, I want to be a cool guy and still think Jim Ross is the best, but is he doing more harm than good at this point in AEW? I believe so. And that's why what we got to do, because I've been watching more Dark and Dark Elevation Daddy Magic is the best announcer they could have. They didn't have him competent every match, replace <laughs> Jim Ross, let him take care of the cancer, everything that's in his body. They slowly die because of him and have Daddy Magic Jeez. replace him. It would be the perfect idea. We need Matt Menard on the show more. You know what? I got I got to be honest. Those guys nailed that DraftKings commercial. I love those guys on the DraftKings commercial. I hate Daddy Magic, and I'm at the point where it's like, when I see him at Cool Hand and they're telling me that if I sign up for DraftKings, I'll get like a match bonus. I'm like, dude, let's fucking go. They're really good at that, and maybe I don't know if it's their it's the Jericho thing. Maybe it's rubbing off on them. I'm taking them more seriously now. When they were just showing up as two short dudes who were out of shape, fighting Moxley, Daniel Bryan, and main eventing shows for no reason with no hype or character build, I hated them. But now that they're like henchmen, they're the comedic relief, and they're being used in these perfect roles. I even remember their dumb show that you showed me a few times. That what was it Ever Rise, the pre pre show or something. So, yeah, all of that is starting to fit a little bit better. Uh, I'm not against throwing Daddy Magic. Who else you got? Is there? Is it, Who does he work with? Is it just him and Excalibur or what? 
It's been him and Excalibur. Sometimes we do it like Taz. They are also Ian Riccoboni's been doing dark and he's been doing a good job. So we could just have Ian on the show all the time. But I feel Daddy Magic is the perfect commentator. Or if they decide to keep fucking not pushing him, even though he's right there, that title tournament's finally at the end where we could have Ethan Page win this match. But if he doesn't, he was actually really good at commentary. He was entertaining, at least on commentary during that full gear pre show match he got to commentary. Wasn't that match Seth. supposed to happen? tonight or at full of gear because i was watching this with a fever i watched the first five or six matches with, with everyone in the in the discord and then i passed out woke up the next day found it went back into my fight account and just finished it you know paid for the whole thing and yeah i kind of thought i remember predicting the matches with kevin i thought there were like 14 matches and then as i was watching the show they kept showing like Still the kind of not John Moxley and MJF, and I'm thinking, wow, this thing's almost over. This thing's almost over, and it kind of wants the acclaim because even after the women's title match, I was wondering like, did the acclaim get moved? And then finally, the acclaimed match happened. But yeah, no Ethan Page, which is totally fine. That we all know who's going to win that anyway. Um, I didn't watch him and Brian, I didn't watch Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. How was that? I felt it was like a really good match, even though it was obviously going to do Ricky since we had Ethan Page. Yeah. Even though a small part of me was like, would they try to book Final Battle this early and have we set up the firm versus the embassy? But I was like, no, they might not do that just yet. So they're going to do something, hopefully, with the embassy for Final Battle. That's my hope. We will have to wait and see. Uh, so... Well, let's take. Oh, let's go NJPW a little bit more. We're wrestling journalists here, Gino. I don't know if I've reaffirmed that. Uh, the Good Brothers. Uh, it's been confirmed they are working a New Japan show. This is something that you like. We're saying no way they don't work together. And then you had because you do this. You have moments of like, well, clearly they have an open relationship. I mean, he's the never open weight champion. And then it's like, well, he had to work Crown Jewel and he got pulled off a show. And we can all imagine that. Gato hates who's the not Gato is it Gato who's running New uh, Japan now I think Gato still does work work New Japan so does Rocky I think Rocky still is in charge like a good bit of the booking so he knew again I feel like they went into contract negotiations with New Japan be like hey we're gonna come back to WWE we're gonna have these dates and so I do feel like Carl had this idea of make a storyline with this where now Hikaleo is more pissed off like I'm running away from him and now we did like put that into consideration like the presser after his match he's like you can't fucking keep running away from me Carl so again they knew what they were doing this all wasn't work and I'm just really excited we're gonna be getting Carl on both fucking shows with New Japan WWE he's gonna be F fucking Wrestle Kingdom just like Kenny Omega which I'm just so fucking hyped for this is a new era this is a new era of WWE because and there were times where I mean we, we hear Vader was working you know all Japan and shit way, way back then they had like that working relationship who won the first ever uh the Grand Prix Hulk or wasn't it Anoki but he beat Hulk Hogan or something like so there's you know there's been a relationship in the past they've they've definitely worked together and WWE's partnered with AAA and other and ECW even so there is possibility of, of stuff like this happening and I think if you're a, a wrestler now and you're walking into WWE and you have some let's say you're an Andrade and you want to go back to WWE the G spot says Gino what's the worst match you've seen since everything is just great wrestling oh you've answered that for me before um, I I can't remember what you what you said to that what was your least favorite match you've ever watched. 
I would have to say, in all honesty, even though like the buildup I thought was entertaining, but the match itself was Vince Russo garbage. Was the last rights match? Do you remember the last rights oh, match? With, in yeah, with, with Chris. Uh, I was gonna say Chris. Uh, with the Biss and yeah. Stinger, where we had a casket in the middle of the ring, and you had to send them to space. It yeah. slowly gets elevated when they're in the casket. That's when the match ends. That was the worst. Yeah, that was uh that was hey, they were trying something, right? You gotta give them credit for it. Uh trying something new, damn it. We want to put Heidenreich in the main event. Um yeah, that that wasn't my favorite match either. The storyline was well done, I thought. You know, Chris! You I remember the Malachi Black says that sounds awesome. <laughs> Well, you know what? Match well, you commentary. need to watch it yourself. You know, let's watch it back. Let's see the last rights match and see Vince Russo's great idea where all the fans chant, fuck you, Russo, because they could tell this was yeah. Russo's idea. Do you idea. think that's worse than the reverse battle royal? Because when I was younger, I thought the reverse battle royal was awesome. Like I watched it live. So as as a TNA viewer, it just made sense. Like, oh, this is different. Like, how dumb is a battle royal when you think about it? Like... You know, just hug the bottom rope like Road Dog. Just don't don't ever leave your feet. Just stay in the middle of the ring or stay on the on the floor. That's all you need to do. And the reverse battle well, I thought, let's just all sprint into the ring as fast as we can. But it's not that. It's guys are kind of just punching each other on the outside, kind of picking their spots when they're gonna climb in. Maybe put a cage and you have to climb into the ring. But yeah, the whole reverse battle royal. It didn't hit now when I because I've rewatched it because everyone talks about it, it's the worst thing that ever happened, but I what a great idea when you really think about hey let's let's have a way to get from twenty to the twelve who get in the ring are now in a regular battle royal and then like to the four who are remaining they get like a tournament like there were I know what they were trying to pull off all right so yeah Gino let's hate TNA for trying to be innovative. Okay, you know, you have a great idea with the cage, but here's what we do. Okay, we have the reverse battle royal, but we have it with the terror dome, or what eventually they became the steel asylum. You have to go and climb the terror dome and go into that small hole, and if you can jump down into the ring, you are qualified to be a part of the real match. So that's what we got. You had a perfect idea there with the cage, but it has to be the terror dome. The one time was called that before they changed it to, was it the steel asylum or? I think it was called the the Terror Dome for at least two, and then it was something else later on. But I'm even I'm even loving this idea. And if we could tweak that instead of the rounded top, let's just flatten that out. Let's just have a fucking match up there because guys can be fighting to like run into the hole, and we're gonna make that hole really narrow. Like you can't just jump in. You gotta like work your way into that fucking hole. And (laughs) I'm doing the motions here for for podcasters. I'm wiggling around. And yeah, like a, a fight, like a hell in a cell almost, where you have to climb on top and then you have to jump through the little hole or, or ascend a little ladder or something. And then we're in the ring and then we'll do our traditional battle royal. So we fixed TNA, we fixed Vince Russo, and we took two shitty matches and made them great. All right. Sting is the best. Abyss was awesome. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the Good Brothers to go to New Japan. I don't watch a ton of New Japan, but Wrestle Kingdom is shaving up to be fantastic. Osprey versus Omega. Um, what else is on that card so far? We're wrestling journalists. We should know. We also do have for sure Jay White is going to be defending his New Japan like IWGP Championship against Okada, which I feel is going to be very close to match tonight next to Will Osprey Kermit, which could steal the show. Is this 14 coming up? Yeah, 14, right? Yes, I think it's 14. Oh, geez, that's like 15. 17. Hold on. 
WrestleMania. It's very high up there. It's been like 20 almost. Yeah, WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom 17. So yeah, Jay White versus Okada. That's gonna be awesome. Kari or is that is that Kyrie? Who's that? Yeah, it's Kyrie. She finally won her this championship. It was a really good match. I had a chance to watch it. Is that later Kyrie on, like, Sane? Is she? Night. Yes, Kyrie Sane's been in uh, working stardom. Why did she so bounce? She left WWE because of who's beating her up too much. Was that Nia Jax? I, that was not like that was part was Nia. That there was also Charlotte that fucking took an uncut well concussed Kyrie and forced her through a fucking table spot, which really made her maybe feel like I'm not being treated as I should be. <laughs> I could go to a star and I've actually be treated respectfully and as the star I am, and now she is a champion. It was actually a really good match. I've worth never watching. watched Stardom, and I've never had the the inclination to watch it. Um, but I hear good things. So maybe since we're wrestling journalists, we will be obligated to check out a stardom event at, coming up in the near future. So I know Nathan doesn't want to watch these, but if we watch them and do a companion and put it up on subscribestar.com slash Wheaties, he'll love those. I mean, he likes those. I need to put more stuff up there anyway. So fact. So it gives us an idea for at least more content to be presented to the people and gives them a chance to watch this show through a kind of paywall. So at least. We're safe and everything should be good. We could do that for damn sure. So people can enjoy some stardom and other Japanese wrestling like uh, TJP. So before we Don't get, get to TJP, before we get to, because I do want to run down full gear. I didn't, I haven't heard you. Did you and Kevin really run it down last night or was last night more about Austin Theory? It was more about like for what parts of what I was there for. It was more about like the scrum bits because there were some okay, entertaining good. comments that were discussed. There. He loves those scrums. I didn't enjoy the scrum yet. I I was like I said, fever all weekend, barely watched. The only thing I remember watching was Airplane, that movie from nineteen eighty. That movie is hilarious, you know. Like just the like the, the the comedic timing in that movie is so fucking funny. Of like, uh, we we got to get him to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a building with patients. Never mind. That's not important right now. Like, just stuff like that. It, like, just, you know, misunderstanding questions and, you know, have you ever seen a cockpit? You know, like, stuff like that is all these, like, silly questions they would have and all the little one-liners in that movie. That movie's hilarious, you know. But other than that, I don't remember watching anything else. I, I was fever dreaming hard. Like, I watched Full Gear. I think I watched a lot of football, I think. I didn't watch any college football. It was... I won some some money too, and I watched no college football. But before we do full gear, I do have. So here's what I had. Like I had going into the future for WrestleManias. What I want to do right now is go back in time to some WrestleManias because there was one match that I forgot happened, and I was watching SmackDown today because I was homesick. You could tell my voice. I was homesick, and Shinsuke Nakamura had a title match against AJ Styles at a fucking WrestleMania. What went wrong? What would you have done differently? Can you even remember in your brain why that was such a misfire? Okay, here's how you fix that match. Go back to their Wrestle Kingdom match and just copy. Just every spot. One to one. Make it exact. Because that's the whole thing. Is it was Derby's very much watered down version. We had no real moments where it's like these two are really trying to kill each other. Because they're right. in the Wrestle Kingdom match. Shinsuke was basically kind of work heel, even though AJ was. Malachi Black says no Gino. <laughs> no, you need to understand, Nathan. You need to watch the Wrestle Kingdom match, then watch the WrestleMania match. You'll realize these are two separate matches. 
you'll understand like them really fucking trying to hit each other and beat the hell out of each other compared to WWE's very soft style you could tell the absolute difference between the two and see that Wrestle Kingdom was a better match and even with that stupid fall through be like oh Shinsuke does fully turn heel and low blows him and that starts a at least a change to his character, but that also might be it. He never had a character besides he was the rock star and he was right. the king of strong stuff, but they never had him actually use anything of strong stuff besides his Kinshasa, which it should still be called Boomayane. It should just be the kill you need, but it can't be because Danny has to have sponsorships. Well, and, and yeah, like, so I disagree with like some of what you said, but I actually agree with the, the, the main thing is their WrestleMania match was just soft, and it kind of felt like a SmackDown match. It didn't feel and, – and, and Shinsuke's character was the rock star. How stupid was that? Like, why didn't they have more behind that? Because, like, for me, like, when I'm thinking Shinsuke, I'm thinking so close to being at the top. He main evented a SummerSlam with Jinder. He almost won the WWE Championship. He was a very successful NXT champion. He was a champion in New Japan. But he never, as Cody would say, he's like he's never won the big one. So his character should have this drive and this motive to finally win the big one. I've wrestled all over the world, and I almost won the big one here, and I won it so much. And you kind of didn't get that from him. You kind of got watered down. All I have is this. All I do is these hand motions. And that's all people like know me for is doing these hand motions. This is why ladies is going to hate El, El Phantasmo for the rest of my career. And like that match just, there was no character work. It was just two guys going through the motions, almost relying off the poster posters, AJ Shinsuke come watch the match. And the, the match was just not really planned out. The, I, the match wasn't interesting until the, the heel turn at the end. You could have done a heel turn in the beginning and told a story of Shinsuke now is is doing whatever it takes to win this championship because he was so close to getting it in the summer and he never got it. And then AJ can still win and you have a heel Shinsuke going forward or Shinsuke loses, stays babyface and still just keeps chasing AJ and, and wins that belt eventually. But the fact that he never won the belt after everything kind of put him in like a like a la la land it just kind of put him in a purgatory of i'm not the top heel i'm not the top baby face i'm not the champion i'm not over anymore i i went from a, a baby face who couldn't win the title to a heel who couldn't win the title so i don't belong in that title picture so now they're trying to find a new space for him and i don't know i i i guess i would have fixed it by having number one a different storyline going into the match i probably would have just had him win the fucking belt I mean, I obviously would have gave a Shinsuke the belt. And yeah, we need a better story because he just, oh, he won the Rumble. He's going after AJ and there's no real build besides we're getting AJ Shinsuke. All the internet fans are going to be hyped up because it's the rematch that they didn't think was going to finally happen. It gets to happen and it just is disappointing and we had no real build because we don't care that much because we care more about Ronda. What's the ceiling for Santos Escobar? Like they had Santos beat Shinsuke on a SmackDown. Like that felt really out of place for me i i watch enough smackdown to know well i let's no i've watched all their smackdowns i watch it off nxt i watch enough nxt to know like santos was a big deal in nxt but i don't see him as like a future i don't see him as like an alberto del rio or somebody like up there on that upper echelon of coming in and winning world championships 
is Santos that guy or is Shinsuke way lower than I thought he was? So they're both like fighting for U.S. titles when I think Shinsuke should be fighting for WWE titles. Does that make sense? It does, but especially right now with the whole situation we have with the titles in WWE and having Roman, the all-encompassing champion, neither of them sadly are in that echelon that would go after Roman. So we do need to fix that by either having the two world champions again, one for each show, and Roman just becomes like an ultimate champion that the real champions go after. Like they could do an option C where like the WWE champion could then vacate their WWE championship for the undisputed championship match. Didn't we get close like that? Didn't we get close to having, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but didn't we get close to Shinsuke? Kicked you right in the face. Thank you. Atomized one. Didn't we get close to having Shinsuke in that range? Wasn't he going to be like every time a Roman, a feud ends, whether it's like against Edge or Cesaro. Like, if he's just looking for a one off title defense, isn't Shinsuke's name like always around that? It was always like around that, especially when we had the whole bloodline accidentally again, but then we made it storyline injured boogs and we're like, we're going to have Shinsuke. And then we just lobo Shinsuke and just made him into a fucking goof and yeah. just buried him entirely and never had a match for him. So. They just didn't care, and that showed us what Vince saw in Shinsuke was just a loser that we're not going to push. So Triple H, yes, even though he lost to Santos, and Santos does have his lineage, his history, his family, bloodline that he has that builds up, and he could possibly win this World Cup, and I think it would be good, but I don't think Malachi he Malachi Black to. says Shinsuke fucking boring anyway. I get seeing No, he's not. But maybe this. that's, maybe he's right. Maybe, like, I'm just blinded by what I liked in NXT. Because, obviously, in WWE, or in the main roster, he hasn't been, that hype is gone. That Fight Forever match he had with Sami Zayn was amazing. It, like, changed our lives as wrestling fans. We didn't think matches like that existed. And now his character is just, like, literally, like that's all he really has he's just if he was 20 years older he'd be an awesome creepy old asian guy like that would be his gimmick but they they should do something to give us a little bit more and i'm like triple h is there now why aren't we doing promos in japanese and just putting subtitles on them like the ufc because that's what ufc does it works you get to know who the fighters are doesn't matter what language they speak why don't we do that with nakamura and that's what we could get to because when I saw that one back and forth with uh, EO and Asuka, they both did speak Japanese and they didn't care about subtitles because, again, they know the internet fans will actually be able to translate like they were able to in no time at all. So they <laughs> can do this. We could have Shinsuke Nakamura speak in Japanese for all his promos and hey, just have me an ass kicker and we just find out what he says like the day after to make sure, okay, this makes perfect sense for the storyline. He's wanting to tell as his new character, just the ass-kicking machine, that would be Shinsuke Nakamura. Steve Lacey, thank you for the chicken winner. And and I, I don't know, Nathan, I think we've watched a lot of NXT where Shinsuke was, was awesome. Like, So I, I know that like the, the, the Shinsuke versus Jinder Mahal, obviously saying that out loud sounds like a whole other lifetime and a whole other wrestling organization. But during that SummerSlam, I was so into that. I loved Jinder, Jinder Mahal as champion. I was probably one of five people. I was also the only person at Royal Oak Middle School who thought JBL was the greatest WWE champion in 2004. Loved, uh, loved JBL as my champion, Gino. So maybe, and, and sometimes when there's champions that aren't working, I do fall in love with them, and it's 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 romantic. So 
like I like having a Jinder Mahal as champion sometimes. Like a Big E, where people aren't all the way behind him. It kind of like, I don't know, kind of taking this Big E thing. So, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to like Shinsuke on so many levels. And maybe throughout this four years, five years on the main roster, maybe everyone's right. Maybe he sucks. I'm never going to say Shinsuke Nakamura sucks. It's because of what they're doing with him. When I will get the Shinsuke that I know still is there, the real Shinsuke with the heart and soul of professional wrestling that is the star and has that charisma that he doesn't need to have these like long-winded promos. He can just be the ass-kicking, badass motherfucker that is Shinsuke Nakamura. Beat everybody down. Perfect. That was a Ralph sighting for those watching on Trova.life. Fleeties, he ran in here. I heard him do his loud data. Dude, he dude. Okay, so first of all, he was watching while I had the fever. He was watching because uh, he had a fever too, and we were watching uh, was the Young Bucks match, and they were dropping super kicks like crazy. Like you know, it was one of those moments in the match, and Ralphie was like, "That's a super kick." I go, "Yeah, that's a super kick." So since then, and it's only been a few days, but he he has been kicking me and saying super kick, and he just kicks me in the shin. So today. He, I, I get home from work after I was only there for like three hours. And he runs in and he goes, watch this, data. And he runs up and kicks me right in the shin. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Like, it, it kind of hurt. But it was so funny because it was the first thing he says to me when I walk in the door. Watch this, data. Boom. It just kicks me right in the leg and because he likes the super kicks. So uh, maybe this is why I'm a Young Bucks fan. Maybe that's why I stand up for them all the time. I, I didn't realize my son loves the Young Bucks. Well, he loves the Young Bucks, but really with him doing the shin kick, he loves Adam Cole because that's how he used to do his super kicks. Where he does the shin kick, then does the super kick. So he does the two where you have to kneel down and then get hit with the super kick. So you're supposed to kneel that's like true. Adam Cole would have his opponent do with that shin kick. I should be kneeling down because he even does the um, Orange Cassidy almost, like the slow version sometimes. So uh, he's loving this AEW. When he watches WWE, he likes it, sure. But I think there's something grittier about AEW that captures his eye. And plus those young bucks, they're just so charismatic, you know. They are, and so is that trying with the storyline they've been pushing for weeks now with Pac knowing the importance and the use of the hammer, and finally Ray Phoenix realizing that his morals are weak. And he has like the weak morals and he decides, you know what, I gotta fucking use it to win and he uses it even though he should have been being stronger, but he knew that they needed this big W at full gear. It was a great match. I think that was close to match of the day. Why, when did they announce it was the best of seven? Was it later that night or was it before the match? Like, I don't, I don't watch, I was going to say, I don't watch Twitter. I don't watch Twitter, you know? It was later that night they announced that best of seven series. What I'm really excited about is that the next match, this one coming up this Wednesday, they're in Chicago. And I think this is going to be AEW again wanting to have their fun, poke fun and say fuck you to CM Punk by having the elite go over in Chicago. Oh, I bet. You know that's going to be – they're probably going to come out to his music because they came out to Kansas uh, at at full gear. So why wouldn't they have – oh, we're just going to come out to something else. Probably. Maybe they'll come out to Kill Switch Engage. They'll come out to a different CM Punk song from the past or something like that. Like, hey, we'll do your, we'll do this shit too. Chip Cornette hated that entrance, by the way. I like that 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 trends. Like when AEW happens, what did Cornette say? Like we just want a headline because he's the one old timer who's unbelievably vocal about how much he hates that shit. So um, before we get too far away, we tried to rebook AJ Nakamura. Uh, WrestleMania 32. I was there. 
main event. Triple H, you're defending WWE champion going up against Roman Reigns. This is before the brand split. Uh, just just going go back into your wrestling memory. Do you remember liking this main event? Did you like the build? And did you like the aftermath? I was enjoying bits of this build because you could obviously tell they were trying to make Roman into Stone Cold. Being yeah. against this authority, being the authority breaker, just going after, but they weren't putting too many odds against him. Deep down, they weren't doing like John Cena level, like how is he going to overcome all these odds, these obstacles that the authority are putting after him. They're just like, makes Triple H champion, Triple H just makes himself into this big star so that he has this big moment for Roman. It should have been a five-on-one match at WrestleMania, where we had the entire authority. We brought back every authority. We brought back Jamie Noble. We <laughs> brought back Joey Mercury. We bring back Kane, Big Show, Triple H. All five of them versus Roman. So Roman gets this big win by beating all five of them, no problem, and spears Stephanie at the end of the match. So everyone gets home happy with them, moment that they never would thought they'd see coming. A man hitting a woman intentionally, not on accident like it was on the pay-per-view. I am a wrestling journalist, so I am obligated to announce Jamie Noble is coming out of retirement. Uh, WWE is, I think, having a show in Virginia or West Virginia. So he's, uh, he's like, texting. He, like, put it on the Internet, like, one more time, baby. So he, he's uh, – I, I didn't realize his career was taken from him. I didn't know he had, like, concussion issues because isn't he a former Ring of Honor champion? Isn't, this, like, isn't he a guy that was, was still wrestling, but uh, WWE just didn't see him as an in-ring competitor? I, I didn't – I didn't know there was an injury that happened to Jamie Noble, but uh, one more time, he'll be wrestling at a house show, I think, in Virginia. So, um, But that Triple H build, the Royal Rumble was fantastic. Let's have the title on the line in the Royal Rumble. Triple H coming out at number 30 to win the belt. Huge twist. That was awesome, uh, and it worked. But the build to Mania was still, yeah, like you were saying, it never felt like there was too much of a deck stacked. And even the go-home Raw, I remember this. There was two separate, like, Triple H promos. There was one in the beginning of the show and then one at the end where Roman finally came out and beat him up. And one thing I think Steve Austin said about the match, because I was there live, the match was Triple H just beating the shit out of Roman for 20 minutes, and then Roman gets his big comeback and wins. And that wasn't what we all thought. or We all knew Roman was going to win, so why not have Roman dominate this whole match, Roman's fighting an old fuck in Triple H, and at the end, have it seem like Triple H is going to win, and then have like Roman somehow pull it out after Triple H gets the hot comeback. But they they had the match booked like Triple H is the top heel, Roman's the top baby. Go, the story's right itself, but it really didn't, right? Like that's not at all what ended up happening. What ended up happening was, um. Like we, we got to see Triple H like as as the top heel and then Roman as the second heel, who they kinda had as a baby face, but it wasn't working. Now the subsequent matches afterwards where AJ Styles and Roman had their little rivalry, that was awesome. But that was Roman working as kind of a tweener slash heel. They should have just leaned into him being a fucking heel back then. Like because I look at that cup all the time. I have that cup from WrestleMania. Like, oh, I was there. I remember. But I remember walking out, and everybody was pissed that Roman just kept it, like, won the belt. Who gave a shit? Like, there was no huge swerve. It was just what we had all thought was going to happen anyway. Good for you, Roman. You did it. Going back, going back to that, Dean should have won that fucking belt at Rumble 
or won it at Roadblock, or won it at WrestleMania. I don't know why he was kept so far away. Like, did, did is there, did Dean ever confirm this? Did did Mox ever say they never wanted me around the belt or what? I have no idea about Mox, but I realize now, like, again, looking back and realizing Triple H won that Rumble because he loves Ric Flair and wants to copy Ric Flair so much because Ric Flair won the one Rumble, which is for the world title. <laughs> so he's like, I want to copy Ric Flair more. Be the second Raw Rumble that has a world title and I win because I need to copy Ric Flair and Greg the Hammer so much because my career is all about Ric Flair and Greg the fucking Hammer Valentine. Hey, those guys, no matter what I do. Those guys did it well, so you might as well just walk in their footsteps or at least steal their shoes and try and match the footsteps. So, Because, uh, yeah, I, everyone said that too at the time. Like, oh, yeah, like, of course. Like, like why wouldn't like Ric Flair with a tear in my eye? This is the greatest moment of my life. Like Triple H should have cut that same exact promo. It all, it all would have worked out so well. So, um, last one. I, and I was listening to a, a recent something to wrestle with. Uh, WrestleMania 22 had the Triple Threat match. Rey Mysterio was representing Eddie Guerrero, who had passed away in October of the prior year. Kurt Angle was defending the title that he had won in December, and the only real reason he won the belt was Batista got hurt. They wanted a new top baby face on SmackDown, so they just sent Kurt Angle over there because he was in the middle of that feud with John Cena where they were trying to make Angle the top heel, and we were cheering him. We love Kurt Angle. We're not going to boo the wrestling machine. So they sent him to SmackDown. He wins the belt. Now he's a baby face. remember when we super kicked you right in the face? Agent Jake. I wonder if that's my boss. Jake, welcome, sir. Hear the voice. I'm falling apart, my friend. Uh, but we will prevail. And uh, we get... Randy Orton, who I think Randy Orton just needed something to do with that WrestleMania. We already had Cena in a few main events. We got to get Randy in one of these fucking things. So they put Randy in that match. Um, what are your thoughts? Triple threat match, the way to go. It, 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 it was noted that it was only like a nine-minute match because the POD entrance took too long. So what what are your thoughts on that WrestleMania 22 match? Uh, we did have, I think it was before that match we had, Kurt Angle was the big heel because he had the big match against Taker because he didn't he stud Defari? What we should have done to fix that is kept Kurt Angle with Defari. Defari should have been managing oh, yeah, two matches, have him manage the Mark Henry match and the Kurt Angle match so Defari could get involved and really make Kurt Angle and Mark <laughs> Henry seem like more believable opponents for that Taker and that triple threat, uh, triple threat match. Hold on, hold but on. It just was a wrestling match for nine minutes. Well, you know that Defari went to Mark Henry to solidify Kurt Angle's now the baby face. And that's why at Royal Rumble, it was Kurt Angle versus Mark Henry. Ah, right. That's how that Yeah, that's, forgot, like, that's that why. Little detail. Yeah. I just remember no way out. Like, we had Kurt Angle as the heel with Taker. and then He was a I baby in that match. Yeah, he was the what? baby. Taker was the baby. It was baby, baby. It was baby, baby at No Way Out. <laughs> and the rumor is, and I think Kevin is the one who actually brought this to my attention, was like the only reason they did that at No Way Out. It was supposed to be the WrestleMania match, but they wanted Kurt Angle to go over. So they had to weigh what's more important, Kurt Angle winning or the streak. So they decided Kurt Angle winning was more important, or they just, so they had to make sure that that happened at No Way Out. And that's what led to, okay, well, Ray's obviously going to get the title shot because of the Eddie Guerrero stuff, and Kurt is the perfect champ. They don't want to have... Are you going to have Taker win the belt and then go into WrestleMania and fight Rey Mysterio like this feel-good story and now Rey is going to beat the streak and win the belt for Eddie? No way. 
No, we would make perfect. It's Ray beats the dead man <laughs> for the dead man. It would for be perfect. It would be poetic that he beats the dead man for his dead friend. Oh, it writes itself, doesn't it? So could be that. Could have been that, but because uh, that's one of those title changes. I was trying to even make a list of like that for tonight. Was like title changes that should have happened or that were rumored to have happened because I was re-listening to someone to wrestle with. I could just keep saying that. They did the Randy Orton episode, and I remember when Randy Orton won that championship from Chris Benoit. He lost. He lost it at the, his first or the first pay per view. He went to Unforgiven and lost. And uh, the the main the main even even Bruce t- recanting the story was, well, um, it's because you know we just didn't think Randy was ready, and uh, we wanted him to have it, but we just we we were going to have him lose and keep chasing Triple H. So that was like their main thought, because I remember at the time, and it was probably one of your boys, Dave Meltzer or somebody, Taboo Tuesday was in October, so they're going to have the fans vote for their babyface champion, or babyface challenger, to take on the heel champion. So they didn't want to have Randy Orton as the champion, because then that might make the voting weird, like, well, Randy Orton's my favorite, so I'm going to vote for the weakest person out of these three. Because I don't remember what the Taboo Tuesday 2004 ballot was, but they definitely wanted Shawn Michaels to win. Like It was just the obvious, who's the top babyface? Uh, that's who's going to win the votes. So if you have Triple H as the champion, you can just go, oh, Triple H and Shawn, perfect. We know that that one's going to work. Um, let me find that poll for you, Gino. But- and while you look, I'll actually remind yourself because we are talking about like Tab Tuesday and like the voting and all yeah. that shit. I still remember like a, sa- a Cyber Sunday when they were realizing like, yes, the votes, we got them to work. It's perfectly fine. Now it works. But then they had like matches where you get to pick the stipulation no DQ, street fight, yeah. falls count anywhere. Yeah. No holds barred. Same match. And that's all the same. And then they're like, Oh, you get to pick the legend, even though it doesn't matter which legend, because you already know the one you're going to be siding with because we've been building up to this. And I think it was that Taboo Tuesday or the Tuesday after before it, where we had Ric Flair, the go-home show for it, say, you go pick the steel cage match now between me and Triple H so I can beat him up. It's just like yeah. saying, like, a, if you had the candidate for, like, a vote for, like, an election just right outside the door saying, you go vote for me. Dude, <laughs> well, and this is, Gino, that's, this is a bit of a taboo Tuesday right here. And yeah, I, I noticed that too. I think every wrestling fan noticed that pretty, pretty early on. Like they would always do, cause it would be something like really exotic, like steel cage match and then singles match. It's like, well, we obviously want the cage. Like we see those other two options, lumberjack single or cage. It's like, we'll take a cage, I guess. Like out of those three, that's not really, you're not really burning the, burning the walls down. I'm even looking at this 2004 choices. Uh, Eugene and Eric Bischoff, uh, head shaved, loser has to wear a dress or be the winner's servant. Like, obviously we want to watch a motherfucker get his head shaved. Like, the, those other two were lame. Wear a dress? This is 2004. We're forward thinking by then already. Um, and, yeah, sometimes it's it's really obvious where we know where we're going to go. Because even looking at this op- opponent for Triple H, uh, they had three babyface choices. Edge was a babyface, right? Yeah. Shawn Michaels, Edge, and Chris Benoit. And Shawn Michaels got 38%. So there were some Edge heads out there who were like, oh, hold on. 33% of the population wants Edge. But if you had Randy Orton, 
you might think, oh, well, let's give him Benoit because we know he can beat Benoit. He's done it twice. So they decided to put Triple H as the champion to make sure that you got some sort of a uh, like a match they could have predicted for, for for kind of an easy showing. And even like Chris Jericho's opponent, they had 15 options. Sheldon Benjamin got 37% of the vote. Batista got 20. Like everyone else, like Christian got six. Rhino got five. So you can kind of tell Rodney Mack got 0.58%. Like they know who's going to get votes. So like I, I always yeah, think. They set it up like in stone. Like I remember I think in that same one with the Triple H Ric Flair match, one yeah. of the choices was that they would have a debate. And I think that would have been the best thing on a pay per view. We have an actual debate between two opponents. I think it was in 2004, 2005. No, yeah. So 05. Okay. Yeah. This is the one. Okay. So yeah. Cause I remember Flair wanting the steel cage. Cause 2004, he had a steel cage match with Randy Orton. It was Flair and Orton. And then for this one, it was a regular match, which got 4% of the fucking vote. Um, they had a submission match, which got 13. But Flair had been campaigning for a steel cage match. We want steel cage matches. 83%. Yeah, we know what we're voting for. And then uh, you mentioned the debate. Batista versus Jonathan Coachman, because Steve Austin backed out. It was supposed to be Steve Austin versus Coachman. They wanted Coachman to go over. Why? Um, so Batista... so. Arm wrestling match, 3%. Verbal debate, 6%. Street fight, 91%. Like, you fuckers know we want a street fight. So sometimes, you know, they're trying something on, and and I can respect, like, the idea, the illusion that this is a, a fan-voted-on event. Uh, and, and you look, this was on a Tuesday. We I had parties. Like, my friends would come over because for some reason it was always – like a half day or something the next day or we had the next day off or Columbus day or some shit. I don't remember what was going on, but we would always have like around these two taboo Tuesdays. We were able to watch them both on a school night. There was no issue there. Um, and, and that's why these Tuesday night things don't work, right? School night. Like there's, you can't do a live wrestling event anymore on a Tuesday and hope the entire country is going to drop everything, everything they're doing. Yeah, you can do that. And here's the worst thing since you brought up the whole Stone Cold situation with John the Coachman was yeah. the build, the storyline they were trying to tell. Again, Jim Ross got fired, and the original idea was going to be that Stone Cold has this match where Stone Cold, if he wins, Jim Ross gets reached. gets to come back. Gets yeah. back. And then it was still going to be Stone Cold loses. You don't get Jim Ross because Vince hates Jim Ross. And Just because Southern wrestling. Is that, do you think that's why? Because. I've listened to something to wrestle with. I've watched WWE. We were just bashing on Jim Ross a little bit ago. Is Jim Ross way worse than we're giving him credit for? I don't listen to Grilling JR. I've listened to one episode, and I hated it. He It is really slow. So if he had the same passion he was calling Bart Gun matches in 98 with, maybe I would like uh, Grilling JR. But just hearing slow-paced Conrad and, and his twin do a podcast together, it's awful. So – is there do we just love jr for his commentary because we talk about beyond the mat all the time like work on your upper body a little bit here kid like this fucking huge oklahoma dude is is giving credit to this guy with a six-pack like it's kind of weird like you he he didn't like nia Jax or he didn't or no what was it karma he didn't think karma would be a good wwe diva well of course not she's a wrestler you know like he he kind of he sucks a little bit is what I'm he politics in the perfect ways he does and I think again he 
during like the nineties, two thousand, he was perfect with sound bites. Sound bites. He had like perfect ideas, and he knew like how to say them. Like the sins of the father are gonna be taken out. Like on that during the whole fucking build up with the whole ECW invasion, or then like the Stone Cold. Like he was always great with Stone Cold. Just all these build up, these ideas. He could make sound bites and make everything just sound like it's amazing. At least during that time. Now he doesn't really get those moments where he do get those clips, and he's just like that great jim ross that we remember it's just we see fondly because of how he's had perfect sound bites back then i'm even going to cyber sunday in 20 2006 i'm looking at rick flair's partner against the spirit squad fan vote sergeant slaughter dusty Rhodes, or roddy piper who do you think would get more votes out of that i and i would probably guess with how they've been like they normally book him they have rowdy piper so i was on the show beforehand man, i guess you're right because in my head i'm like dude dusty like Dusty, ninety percent of the vote. Roddy Piper got forty six percent, and I guess it is WWF, WWE, where Roddy was a bigger deal than than Dusty. But like in my two thousand twenty two wrestling head, I'm like, dude, Dusty Rhodes. Although I do love Roddy Piper, I just think that a wrestling match, I'd rather watch a Dusty match than a Piper match. I'd, I'd rather would watch... rather see Dusty and Flair versus these losers because they'd show them how to fucking work. Roddy Piper is a great work, but yet Dusty and Flair would be a perfect tactic. But I'm like, back then, they always had Roddy Piper on the show just yeah. to make up for the Sean O'Hare shit that failed. So we have Roddy Piper probably on the show before telling him, vote for me. And they <laughs> voted for him. Well, and that's Sean O'Hare shit. You know, I guess that really was because Piper did that HBO documentary about wrestler deaths and said all these things about, you know, how the the drugs that people take and kind of expose the business in a way that he never did before, which I haven't ever watched that interview. I should check that out. Um, cause, cause that's, I heard that's the reason why he got fired. Like Vince had to fire him over the comments. Like everyone just was so upset at how he made the WWE look and how can you make, how, he gave that interview, I guess, before he came back to WWE at WrestleMania. So there was a lot of drama there that all sprung up really quick and poor Sean O'Hare just got caught in the crossfire. Um, Cause that, that's another guy that when I go back to that backlash Oh three, him versus Rikishi and the coconut and all that stuff, him like them trying to put Piper with him. Sean O'Hare was there, man. He had the move set. He had the look like you hear Bruce say, Oh, the fans couldn't connect with him. I don't think we ever got the chance. Like he was a velocity staple for a while. Like this was a guy that, you know, he was the manipulator, which could have turned into something a little bit, but I don't know. I felt like they gave him no shot. Like, Garrison Cade was in a tag team with Mark Chindrak and then with, with Trevor Murdoch. And some guys get multiple reincarnations, but O'Hare didn't get that. Yeah, O'Hare sadly never got that opportunity, but what they did give him was during house show loops, he'd either team Malachi Black Albert. says Backlash 2003 <laughs> companion, let's do it. Right now, maybe one day, but like we have him team with Albert on the house show loop. Then later, I because I, I was bored, I decided to check Sean O'Hare's cage match. See, they then had him team with Luther Reigns, and that's another guy. These two guys would be perfect together as a team, and we just have them on the main card because they're guys that never got respected. The only time Luther Reigns was good was during that one Thanksgiving special on SmackDown where he had peace before. <laughs> yeah, he's he had peace those peace. Before. He's been in prison for what was it? Seven days a week. Twenty three hours a day. Dude, he's always like just eating peas, day. dude. He was always yeah, eating he eats the peas. peas before. He gets one hour free. That's when he has to work on SmackDown. He has peace. He has peas before. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanksgiving SmackDowns used to be the best. I don't care what anybody says. Although are we having a turkey bowl this Thursday? I don't know what's going on with Impact. 
I don't know what impacts do. We gotta see impact and SmackDown. We know there. We know we're gonna find out who this fifth member of the women's Survivor Series match. Well, War Games match is gonna be at Survivor Series War Games, but we don't know if we're gonna have a Thanksgiving special. We we don't have the big show in Georgie Vice, so we can't have the special Thanksgiving with them. But Damn we it. could have a special Thanksgiving, hopefully one more time. All right, with the Bloodline and Sami Zayn. I agree with Nathan. I just want to watch 2003 shit, but. Um, I do feel like shit before we go, though. I do want to run down full gear, though. I thought so. I thought the show was really, really good. The matches were all pretty lengthy, even the matches that shouldn't have been lengthy, like the Jade Cargo match that should not have been that lengthy, but it was. Um, I didn't watch any of the pre shows, so I noticed there was I watched a second of it. I noticed there was a lot of best friends, so I thought, okay, I can skip this. Dan Housen, I think I saw Dan Housen, and I knew this was not a kickoff show for your boy. Um, did anything notable happen? We know Ricky Starks beat Cage. Kingston fought Akio. Uh, June Akiyama from All Japan Pro Wrestling, one of the greatest legends of all time, the pre- former president of All Japan. Yes, it was an amazing match. The story it was beautiful because this is Eddie <laughs> Kingston's dream match. The final gets to have it all comes full circle. His entire career, he started wanting to idolize, and he idolized this and wanted to be like Jun Akiyama, like all these legends of All Japan Pro Wrestling. He watched tapes of that got him to be a pro wrestler, and he got to have this moment, this one-on-one match with Jun Akiyama, which I thought was an amazing contest. But also the big moment was during the first match with the Factory versus Best Friends. Dan Housen was not there the entire match. We weren't sure what happened to Dan Housen. Is he going to show up? And then we get to see this new, very evil Dan Housen that comes oh, up with the spike God. and the teeth. And he forces teeth into Nick Camarado's mouth and kicks him in the fucking face. And the teeth just fly everywhere. And he wins. Isn't so it frustrating that got the big W. wrestling news sites, like who pretend to be wrestling journalists, they're like, Dan Housen, no longer comedic. Like, okay, that was so comedic and cheesy and stupid. So even if you like, even if you're like me and you don't enjoy it, like you would still look at that and say it's hilarious. Or are you going, oh my gosh, that was evil and demented. He put teeth in somebody's mouth. Yes, he was very evil. Now he's no longer very nice, very evil. Or maybe he will show back up as very nice, very evil Dan House. But this was just very evil. Dan House forcing teeth in motherfucker's mouths and then spiking QT Marshall after the match with the giant spike. Similar to Jimmy Jacobs back in ROH. With his railroad spike. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Ralphie loves this theme song. Every time Jungle Boy comes out after the song ends, I have to tell Alexa to play it. He loves that Baltimore track. I think we all do. Um, stop trying to pretend. Stop being cool and saying you don't like it, everyone. You all love it. JT, I would love a uh, Valides version of that. I mean, that would be my heavy cool song. Like, uh, uh, hey, we're going to break. What song do you want to hear? Oh, I just want to hear the Jungle Boy song again. That would be my jam. Uh, really enjoyed it. What did you think of this cage match? I really enjoyed it. I thought Christian got ejected kind of early. Like, I thought thought he'd be kind of involved with the finish of this thing, and he wasn't. So, thought I thought it told a good story. Jungle Boy overcame the monster, which was ultimately what was supposed to happen. He made him tap, which made him look awesome. Um, where does Jungle Boy go from here? He still needs to get that one-uppings on Christian, right? Yes, and hopefully when Christian is clear to compete, we will get that match where Jack Perry fully gets rid of that moniker of Jungle Boy because it's Jungle Boy Jack Perry's full name, but he maybe be able to get rid of it and just be the man Jack Perry versus the legend Christian Cage, the instant classic. I like Jungle Boy. You don't like Jungle? I, I, I don't like when they start saying Jack Perry. I like when they just call him Jungle Boy. Well, he even wants to like kind of move on from it because he's realized like he that name was like kind of 
protecting him. He felt like this is different than me because I don't feel ready to be stepping in my dad's shoes. Like have that was like people considering me just like my dad. So now he's finally like, you know what? I can beat Jack Perry, the man, and beat the hell out of people. Have this big kick-ass steel cage match to open up the show. Ah, because like his. I know that he's just his gimmick is really just like I can be in the jungle like that's he's not really like he doesn't wrestle like a monkey or anything, but like I don't know it's kind of cute and fun like it's a, it's it's a throwback like your kids go see wrestling and here's Jungle Boy and it's easy to cheer for him. Uh, that's one of the reasons I like him. Like I remember he had a couple matches as a as just a white meat vanilla baby face. Maybe it was against MJF where I was rooting for Jungle Boy. Not that I necessarily Malachi even Black says Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy sucks dick. The song sucks. Oh, Nathan's just he doesn't like AEW. He only likes he only likes Arizona Cardinals. And D Hop put up a great uh, stat line last night. I was enjoying my D Hop, who I drafted in many fantasy leagues. Gino was a huge decision. Everybody was like, he's gonna miss six games. I'm like, oh, that's only six games. There's seven. 17 of them so pff, you guys can relax um so i i i, I kind of like the jungle boy that we can lean on that it feels really e- like ray mysterio he's so easy to cheer for he's like the little guy with the mask and there's so much of him that it's harder for him to be a heel if you if he didn't have the mask he could be heel if jungle boy was jack perry i'd get real sick of jack perry i think I don't think we would because he would make us all remember who his dad was. We could just really put his fucking family lineage all behind him and be like, I'm Luke Perry's son. Just be like, he's a Hollywood actor or soon to be Hollywood actor of Jungle Boy. We could build up Jack Perry to be like, I'm going to be better than my father. He could be a real heel with Jack Perry. Wait, so you said the next match was potential match of the night. I'm curious to hear what your match of the night was because I'm like, if I'm putting. Put that shit on. T-Con, thank you so much, T-Con91. Because I'm even looking here, Gino. Put that shit on. Like, if I'm putting confidence points down, thank you again, uh, T-Con. Like, that might take all my confidence points. I, I can't – I'm looking at the rest of the matches, and I'm trying to remember which ones that I enjoy the most. And this – maybe I was at the height of my fever in the, during this match. But I remember really enjoying this. I remember enjoying the song. I remember the snare trap. I remember uh, the elbow was a little weak. Like just do a fucking frog splash. You're Jungle Boy. Jungles, you, monkeys don't drop elbows. Let's get a fucking swanton off top of this cage. Um, but I remember really enjoying this match. So you said the next one was potentially the best, but it's not. So Death Triangle uh, are defending trios tag champs. They take on the elite, the returning Young Bucks. Kenny Omega coming out to um, uh, was a Kansas carry on my wayward son. Brandon Keller and Nakazawa sucked. That was my favorite part of what Jim Cornette was saying. Like these two guys are just like hanger ons and they pretend like they're part of it. It's like they're kind of not. Like I forget that they even exist until the entrances happen and the matches are going and then you kind of see them in the background. It's like those guys are so useless, but they're part of it. You're literally just the cameraman, and and I in this whole all right, cut it, Brandon. Like that probably makes Brandon think I'm part of this. He's not part of it, Gino. He's two contract cutler for a reason. He's the best. He's an in ring performer and a manager and part of the camera crew and with BT, which is the best thing. BT is back, and I'm excited. It was a great BT this week. I'm excited for next week as well. What'd you think of this match? And this match was exciting, and especially the storyline we've been te- telling. For the past few weeks with that triangle with Pac 
knowing and be able to still keep his titles. Be, he was champion and still champion. He was able to keep it because of the hammer and him yeah. using this hammer as a story. Try to tell the guys that you need to embrace the hammer and embrace being a heel. And again, with Ray Phoenix still having Morris be like, no, I'm not going to use it. But then when he's in that setup for the one winged angel, he realizes I'm about to lose my title. I care more about this and my morale than anything else. I can move on from that. I need this title. So he fucking breaks it over Kenny's head and they win thanks to Ray Phoenix getting rid of his morals and being a heel with Pac. Yeah, well, and even like, yeah, at the beginning when they're like, Tri Triangulo de la Muerte. Like they're trying to sound like intimidating and awesome. Here's a hammer. No. It's like, why not? Aren't you guys the death triangle? What, 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 what? Are you the clean wind triangle? What the fuck? So a uh, little, little irritating on that. I kind of think it wouldn't hurt them as baby faces to use a hammer. I don't know. They they strike me as those kind of Eddie Guerrero lie, cheat, and stole. Like that was his gimmick, and he was a baby face. So I thought there was a way to, to have the best of both worlds there. But they still got the win. Death triangle got a big win. Um, nobody really saw it coming, but it makes sense. Like, Hey, you guys got in a fight backstage and I had to suspend you. You don't get to win your first match back. But I'll make it a best of seven series. So you guys will probably win these things anyway. Why would they do that? Doesn't it? Don't you have to earn a best of seven? Like that feels so out of nowhere. And it just seems like, oh, well, the elite's going to win this thing anyway. They have earned this best of seven because they were the people who created this company. So they want to have the first their best of seven to make history. They're going to have this historic best of seven trios matches where they're going to win the next one in Chicago, Illinois to say, fuck you, CM Punk. And is it well, all the fans are going to be checking CM Punk in Chicago? Is, is it historic when it's like out of nowhere? Like it would have been bigger if they had announced like match one of the best of seven series. Like there could have been a bit match one of the best of seven series. I can't do my Excalibur when I'm sick. Um, so I don't know, but I did enjoy the fuck CM Punk chance. The crowd was going ape shit during this. Um, that was awesome. So CM Punk, are we, is everybody finally off the bandwagon? Like, or are, are people still hoping that he shows up somewhere? Well, I mean, we had this pause because we were watching the scrum, and thankfully Nick Houseman realized this is my time because it was just Tony Khan. He was willing to take all these questions. So Nick asked him blatantly, directly, did CM Punk actually ask for Cole Cabana to be removed from the shows? Oh, and Tony damn. Khan said no. So again, it was important to make sure. Like, basically, no, he never asked me this. It never was something he brought up. And again, it could be him lying to the press, but I do feel Tony Khan's telling the truth because... After the one match with Cole Cabana and Chris Jericho, which was a FU to CM Punk, Jericho wanted. We've not seen Cole Cabana. Almost like they just wanted that one shot and then, boom, no longer useful. Almost like all this time we never used Cole Cabana was intentional because we just didn't know what the fuck to do with him on Dynamite and Rampage and Dark and Dark and Elevation. He's just there until we want him to use him for a fuck you to CM Punk. I feel like they can use him now. I do think when he showed up with AEW, the allure of the allure of Cole Cabana is kind of dead, isn't it? Like the art of wrestling was really it was romantic back in 2011 because that was a peak into the wrestling world that a lot of us had to get through dirt sheets and websites. We didn't really have a weekly audio. Here's my life on the road. Here's what it's like to be a wrestler. Like it was such a peak into this world that we had no idea really existed i mean we watched wwe we watched tna we watched ring of honor but here's somebody who's interviewing people from these companies and they're just you know shooting the shit and telling stories and announcing where they're going to have matches 
so it was kind of this fun little world but year like with with more podcasts pop like as soon as like jericho's podcast came out and we had already had austin's you know raven once the jericho network came out i'm pretty sure we were just done with cole cabana like every wrestler has a podcast now so his mystique really went away to the point where we you know kevin and i still think he doesn't do it anymore but he'll tell, tell us that he does so i don't know if he does or not but he's no longer as useful as he once was because I do remember him doing something with the Young Bucks where they had thanked him. And this was maybe like five or six years ago where they had said, like, there would be no being the elite without Colt Cabana. And, yeah, like, that's how long ago the Colt Cabana relevancy was. It was long enough to influence the Young Bucks. Like, oh, we'll just we'll have indie careers and just make them more public, more accessible to the people. And people are going to like that peek into the world outside of WWE, this crazy world that is indie wrestling, and they're going to fall in love with it. And while we did that, Cole Cabana became, I don't know, he became an old man. He's like a joke now. It's not, it's not like he's having banger matches with people. And it's we now just know that that's all he was, is just a joke, just a guy to bring out here now to say, fuck you, CM Punk. But and like bringing back up like Cole Cabana's history, I still remember because I, again, I've loved this dude for <laughs> years. It's Doc Gallows. I'm always gonna love Big LG because I watched the first Wrestling Road Diaries, and he's the yeah. best part of the whole thing. Him and Cliff Compton are great. And again, it's like you see, like you could be a comedy wrestler like Sex Ferguson, and still get over and have like this moment, even though it's independent. You could see like this guy has talent and has charisma, and is better than Cole Cabana in every single way. Luke Gallows, and maybe Six Samurai is right. Maybe the Chicago skyline that Cabana tried that almost killed Jericho. Maybe that's where it all ended. Like, hey Cole, thanks for coming out. You know, like no offer of a contract or what are you doing next week? It was just a hey, thanks for showing up. And why wasn't he ever like? So he doesn't fit the, the mold that is Impact Wrestling, but neither does a Johnny Swinger. Does can't we see a Colt Cabana go to Impact? I don't think with Johnny Swinger right now. Swinger is perfect with the Swinger Dungeon with him and Zicky Dice. It's perfect. We don't need. Cole well, no, Cabana. I, I don't Johnny mean that, Swinger is great. Don't change. I don't mean they need to add Colt Cabana to that mix. I'm just saying when I think of Impact Wrestling, I think of the Walking Weapon and the X Division and. There's real focus on in between the ropes. We we really care about the in-ring product. But then I was like, well, Johnny Swinger, I mean, he's kind of a joke character that they do a lot of backstage stuff with. So you can have backstage gimmicky characters like a Cole Cabana on your product. Is there any reason why? Because like, he, has he ever worked there? Has he ever worked a, an impact a day in his life? I don't think so. Maybe during the weekly shows, he might have like been part of that whole cycle of ROH guys that would show up there. But I don't think he ever did. Like, but what matters, like Swinger, I'm not gonna take a slander from. He's great as a comedic <laughs> character, but he's also really good in ring. He's a good hand, and he could work with anybody and have a decent to good match with. Him. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, Colt can do that too. I bet, but I don't see. Yeah, I don't see that that was ever on his resume as, as him going to Impact Wrestling or it never really was. So um, I'm not sure why because it seems like that would be like NWA. Maybe he's going to go back there. Maybe that's the next logical step. But um, Maybe, but like I'm surprised. That, yeah, because during that time, early TNA, like even before SEX, he would have been kind of during the whole cycle of guys in there. And even him 
maybe he could have been a part of SGX, but maybe Russo's like, and Dusty's like, this guy doesn't have it, this guy that can't do it, he wouldn't be fit for any of this shit. So maybe he was either TNA saying no or him just thinking he's better than NWA TNA. I'm thinking, I mean, Green Rope, GFW could have used Cole Cabana. Like, just, just imagine, you know, there were, what was that guy, Grado? That was a guy. Like, there's room for, for comedy on this show. EY was always on the fucking show and he was hilarious. So, um, there could have been a, a Colt Cabana during any era of TNA. Maybe not the Vince Russo area with like area. Maybe maybe you're right, like Relic and and Black Rain. Maybe once we were done with all that shit, you could have slid a Colt Cabana in there for a little while. But I don't know. He never really fit. Maybe it's his body. He just doesn't look. I don't know. So Jade Cargill though, she's got the look. She looks outstanding. She fought Nyla Rose, who I cannot stand. Nyla Rose. I, I think her wrestling's awful. I think her talking's awful. I'm even saying her like I'm being nice. And I think her wrestling's the worst. So um, what'd you think of this match? I was able to enjoy this match. I enjoyed the Chitara fucking dress up that Jay Cargo had, even though I don't think that many people remember Thundercats in 2022 because I don't think they were in remaking that out of all the things we've nah. been remaking, redoing. We don't have a Thundercats. Maybe she was saying, like, we need new Thundercats by having this attire. Like, I enjoyed this match. The whole beatdown because, like, Jade Cargo's so pissed off that Nyla stole this title and she's the TBS champion. So she was just beating up. We had the fucking hot start by just fighting in the crowd, getting into the ring, having this match. And I was able to enjoy it, but I've always been a fan of Nyla. But really quick, since we, you brought up my boy, Johnny Stamboli, we brought up Relic, who's the best character. I love Relic. I love that he was basically a murderer, and his promos were, I'm going to face fuck you and kill you and use your skull as a bowl or a drinking glass. And he just was a murderer, and he that was just perfectly fine on TNT and on a spike with just a guy being a murderer and having promos where he was going to fucking kill people. It was great. Love Relic. I'm, I'm glad. Cool. I... Everyone needed to hear you say that, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you so much, Ricardio. He's a subber, a tier two to this channel. Thank you, Ricardio. You do keep the lights on, dude. And Six Samurai, great point. MLW, they'd be a good spot for Colt Cabana. Who took the Opera Cup? Was it Colt Cabana? It could be anywhere. It could have been real one for all we know, because that motherfucker's been taking and stealing and hitting a goddamn low Oh my gosh, there's a he hate me. Like This water is empty, Gino. But yeah, that real one motherfucker, he's the worst right now. But Jacob Fox 2 is hopefully going to beat the shit out of him and put him in a cast. Did you see that uh, they have like an email, like tips at MLW.com or something? Like I was thinking we just email like I'm, I was going to email my resume. I was like, dude, here, fucking hire me, bro. I'll figure something out. I'll do something for you, Court Bauer. We should work for MLW. I think that'd be great for us to work with MLW, and hopefully that could lead us into possibly talking with the man himself, Matt Kruger, the greatest monster in wrestling today. I think, do you think we could wrestle? <laughs> you know what, maybe one day we could wrestle. That's why part of me was, when I was looking at the Nightmare Factor, I was like, could I possibly do this even just for one course? For the whole, like, one semester, I was like, maybe. Maybe I could. It costs a lot of money. But I was like, I could possibly be at the Nightmare Factory 
meeting QT, Glacier, and Cody. Okay? See, I want to train. I want to train with either the Dudleys because I think Bubba Ray would like really beat the shit out of you and like get you ready. Like, okay, here's what you got to watch out for. Because I do watch like the PC, like the Performance Center stuff. The amount of cardio you do, there's no way Matt Bloom's doing any of that shit. Like, I think that Bully Ray will just beat the fuck out of you and go, this is what you need to be ready for, all right? Like, you're going to be running around for 20 minutes. You'll figure that out. Adrenaline kicks in. Someone's going to hit you in the face for real on accident. you got to learn how to wear it. So I think training with him would really get me to that level. i got to drop about 50 pounds. Uh, I've dropped 21. I'm on, I'm on a, quite the roll here. I've been sick for five days. I haven't worked out, though. I feel like shit. So... I don't know. Like, just thinking, like, if we, I'm going to email tips at MLW.com. Hey, I'd like to do some commentary stuff or whatever, but also, like, I'll learn to take a bump. I'll take a choke slam from Matt's Kruger on a tax. That would be the fucking greatest spot of all time to see you take a bump from Matt's Kruger. Whether it be from tax, whether it be on, like, steel chairs, the backstage segment, just to make him figure out where the fuck is this guy he wants to kill. Because Matt's Kruger, again, best monster. We need Matt's Kruger versus Braun Strowman one day. I need to, like, because I, I bet realistically I should probably weigh, like, what's, how tall is John Cena? I could Let's catch up to Cena just in height and weight. I think I'm about his height. Because they say, what is he, 6'2"? Like, there's no way he's 6'2". Is he, Gino? Do you think so? I think he is billed as 6'2". Who knows if he actually is 6'2"? Dude, he's 6'1". Okay, yeah, I'm 6'1 as well, which means I'm 5'11". So, I could be 251. I'm going to be 251, Gino. I got to get down quite a bit. I got to tell you how many exactly, Gino. But I'm going to start taking bumps. We should be wrestlers. When did DDP start? That's a good question. We don't know when DDP started, but we'll find this out. You know what? I do have the snake pit with DDP on an uh, ad-free show, whatever. Thank you so much, Malachi Black. He hate me. Ricardio. When did he start training wrestling? I don't care when he started training yoga. Are you guys fucking kidding me? Um, isn't that the worst when you're like, now that he has this new life as a yoga person, I'm supposed to fucking care? He was 35. When he made his in-ring debut. So, I can train for four years and be DDP's age. I can win the WCW world title. That pl- that place was a joke. Triple H said so before he fought Booker T. That's true. You could be the new king of Bada Bing. Jade Cargill won that fucking match. It was a waste of my time. Greatest line during the companion, at least during my fever dream that I remember. Now we got to listen to Jade Cargill tell us this was the greatest match of her life. And I thought that was hilarious because I thought she probably did. She probably loved that. The crowd fighting added so much to the drama. And, oh, I, you did my move and I kicked out. Oh, my God. Chris Jericho, Debray, uh, Claudio Castag, and Sammy Guevara in a fatal four-way. When this match was happening fourth, I thought Jericho was pissed. Because I like you heard him like Kevin Owens and I should not have gone second. We should have closed the fucking show. We went from being the universal title match to the second on the show, non-title. What the fuck happened? So he was not happy at all. Um, however, this was a great fatal four-way. They, it had a lot of good false finishes. I was falling for a lot of it. Again, I was in a fever dream. So there were several moments where I thought Sammy's gonna win this match. Sammy's gonna win this match. Um, there were several moments where I thought Brian is going to win this match. Brian's going to win this match. I also, I never, I remember. Do you have you ever watched the timeline on Peacock? I have not watched the timeline. What is this timeline? Oh, it's awesome. Mauro Ronaldo is doing like commentary, and they just 
play clips from Raw and shit. And it's the timeline. I don't know. It's awesome. And, and I watched the one with Daniel Bryan and The Miz, and it shows like in NXT, shows Miz on the real world. And it just goes chronologically until Bryan's heel turn, like when he turned on AJ Styles. And I was watching that whole thing like, Daniel Bryan needs to go back to WWE. This whole Blackpool Combat Club shit with the elbows is not getting any better. Well, even William Regal's off board. So I was hoping that he wouldn't win this match. So I knew Jericho was going to win. We got Final Battle coming up in a couple weeks. It's easy to have him be the the overall heel champion going into the, the final show of the year. And maybe some baby face like a Dalton Castle or who's a huge like Taven? Who, who can save Ring of Honor? Claudio, is that it? I mean, that's it could be anybody. We could get Matt Taven since we have the kingdom there. But I was still like during the match, I was like, they're going to do it. They're going to give Sammy the belt and we're going to have the biggest sports entertainment moment for Ring of Honor history where we're going to have Chris Jericho acting for the next like month. He's pissed off at Sammy. Why the fuck would you steal this from me? Why the fuck would you take this from me? You son of a bitch. I'm going to fight you a final battle. Then we have Jericho and Sammy main event. Of final battle, the final match of the card, Sammy lays down, Jericho wins and becomes a Nueve. But no, we don't have that. We don't know who Jericho's going to fight, but he's still just the Ocho, not the Nueve yet. Now, you always fantasy book Nigel McGuinness. Is, is there any reason? So his torn biceps has got to be healed by now. His, uh, what does he have? Not tuberculosis. Why can't I remember? The blood one. He got the blood thing. Not HPV. Yes. What's it called? What it's does he have? One of those blood things. We'll see. Okay, you can check it out while I try to. Dude, fucking what does he Black fucking says, have? What the fuck did Gino just say? What does Nigel McGinnis? Uh, it starts with an H. Like he had. Oh my gosh, the blood! I'm even on his Wikipedia, and it's not the first thing that he says. Like they want to keep it a secret. Um, hepatitis. Oh my gosh, Gino. He had hepatitis, so they couldn't let him wrestle. He couldn't get cleared. But that goes away, right? Can he wrestle by now? I that's what I hope is that's what my whole dream is that we could get Nigel McGuinness at least one more fucking time. And especially now he's free agent, he got released from commentary, no longer part of WWE. We could do this, Nigel, one more time. Ring of Honor, we're gonna our world title match. Whether he wins or loses, it doesn't matter. He just comes here, and we get it. Just I, I was a big Nigel guy. I loved. Desmond Wolf, even I didn't mind the name change, and even Tony Khan brought up Nigel McGuinness on the scrum. Like he was pissed off the TNA had the name changes with Nigel McGuinness being Desmond Wolf and the fucking Generation Me he hated, even though he didn't understand they needed something new. And we had the Nigel McGuinness, Desmond Wolf, and everyone knew who the fuck he was still, and that's why during that whole championship vote, everyone kept voting for Desmond Wolf every week when they had to redo it and redo it, and then just lie to people be like, oh, Jeff Hardy got to win, he gets yeah. to be champion contenders match again more taboo tuesday nonsense like we already know that you guys are gonna love jeff hardy desmond wolf is a heel damn it and it's like no we they know so okay i i like that i think nigel can i don't know he, for all i know he's no i can't wrestle i had a concussion you idiot so we'll see what happens there but that's they mentioned samoa joe during that match that samoa joe is the long didn't he have a 600 day title reign or something like that's obviously another ring of honor a former Ring of Honor champion that could fight Jericho. And I don't think that match has ever happened, but Samoa Joe's heel now, and he just won the TNT title, but maybe that's just more attraction. Like, the Ring of Honor, <laughs> maybe it's a fucking unification match. Whoever wins this final battle is going to log away with all three of these, and they're just going to be the Ring of Honor champion going forward, and we're going to defunct the TNT title already. 
I, that could be done. And yeah, they brought up the whole Joe's 600 days, which was during that whole undefeated streak during TNA because we, there was a great time here for Joe. Joe was just the star, the wrestler. And we brought that back just like, just to remind you that he used to be this biggest star. Now he's a TNT champion and TV champion. So we're going to have him in final battle and maybe they will do it. Just have a three title match Jericho versus Joe for the TV title, ROH title and TNT title. And so we could just redo that picture where Joe has three titles instead of five titles like he had TNA. Wow, we're opposite. I was like, so that way Jericho can have three titles. <laughs> that was where my head was like, clearly Jericho wins, gets all the belts. And um, I know they're using the classic Ring of Honor title, like the silver one. Um, but that TV title looks fucking awesome. So they need to make a shitty version of that too. That's all silver. Maybe they like having the silver Ring of Honor belt because it makes it clearly look like, well, this isn't AEW. It's Ring of Honor. It's fucking, you know, that one failed. And we're just keeping it alive for as a hobby. Uh, what is the plan of that? Is Rampage going to be Ring of Honor? What's happening? I, I believe Tony Khan or some rumors are being spread around that af after Final Battle, there's going to be some type of announcement about what the plans are. Okay. Hopefully TV, even if it's lame streaming, and they just going to see like how that does to see if it actually continues. I hope we're going to have some type of announcement after Final Battle. Be like, here's what we're going to do in 2023 with Ring of Honor. I mean, even, even MLW has fucking... A streaming service now like everybody just has their own streaming service at this point so okay let's look what happened next soraya and dr Britt baker uh dr Britt baker had boo boo face when she came out she was not excited for this she, you could tell she didn't like working with soraya this was an awkward match i didn't like it i think soraya didn't put up her best performance and it was her first one back in years so let's give her some room but i do have the vibe that Britt baker hated this shit because she's the one who's been here this whole time. She's jobbing out to a Soraya, much like she had to lose to a Thunder Rosa. So here I am putting the good face on again for this company. And I'm just going to lose. And, and it sucks. Like, I should just get the win. And that might be either because, like, that's how she really feels or what's been, like, forced into her to believe this, that she is this huge star. Because she is, but she also is told that because she's been pushed that way, that she's bigger than this. She is the star. She is the only star. And that even, again, Twitter, for a time being, for a short time when she was gone, be like, the women's side sucks. The only star they have is Britt Baker. Everyone else is, like, lame and garbage compared to her. And, like, maybe she's, like, her that so much through twitter through social media and be like that's true i should be the only star i am the only star and i could just run down everyone because everyone online does it and don't build anybody up and so now she has this match where she's just putting over all this other talent and she's not in the position even close to the championship picture and now she has her friend spoilers is the champion now she doesn't know what to do she's just a fucking loser who's just but jobbing out not even in topic but she looked she actually didn't have she looked excited to help hate her like that part of the night she was into it i i really do think this match was like she doesn't like soraya and i have to lose to her because you're the new big star here even though i kind of have been holding this shit together i wrestled in daily's place like i'm the most marketable female that we have but Tony sees a shiny new toy, and much like Ruby Soho failed, Tony Storm isn't really failing, but it isn't like the amazing success I think that, that AEW thought it would be. 
So maybe for Brit, it is like, dude, I'm your John. Like I say this all the time. She's the John Cena. Just let her beat everybody. Why have Soraya beat her like this? And it wasn't even like a controversial finish. It was, I don't know. Did you like the match? I and I enjoyed it until like the kind of finish because we did have two sets up for like the rampage or whatever she calls it now. And in that fucking knee she does, it was kind of terrible. And now knowing she has to change fish didn't hear what the rampage is, but the page turner is now the night cap night as in her actual like last name cap right. instead of fucking page turner. So it sucks. I hate Soraya's new names for her finishes. Can't be page turner or rampage anymore because page is dead. Well, and she's like not, she's a, she's sober. So like having a move called the night cap is kind of like, Jesus. So Samoa Joe defeated Wardlow and powerhouse Hobbs. Were we all rooting for Powerhouse Hobbs? What happened? They booked this whole thing incorrectly. We were, and I felt like the crowd was behind Hobbs too. It was until Wardlow hit that power bomb, everybody was rooting for Hobbs, right? Everyone wanted Mister I Break Backs to have his big moment because we've been building up to him for a while, especially like after that turn on Ricky. We want this guy to succeed. We want Powerhouse Hobbs, Mister I Break Backs, to have something, and we've never given it to him yet. This could have been the night, but no, we have Joe getting the big win, so he now has two belts, two shiny belts to defend that final battle. Well, and I also felt like it was out of nowhere a little bit. Like, why is he randomly in this match? Like, how did how did Powerhouse Hobbs just kind of work his way into it i haven't seen him for months and here he is on a pay-per-view so i thought what an easy way to just have him sneak in and win this belt triple threat match it's gonna be awesome and no we had to protect wardlow so Hobbs was now, just there to says samoa joe was the right choice we love joe uh, we don't i don't like joe anymore i don't think i like i i was watching a little old impact wrestling and i thought joe was awesome he was awesome and He's had a career of getting injured. Remember, he was in NXT like a year ago. So it's weird to think where Samoa Joe has been and what he once was. Samoa Joe used to be awesome. like he, Because even this Ring of Honor match I was just talking about, he's never had a one-on-one match with Jericho. Like That should feel huge and important. They can build to that. At one point in our lives, we probably thought, that's a dream match. And now that I'm moments away or months away from it happening, who gives a fuck? I don't want to see that. I and I still want to see it just because I know Jericho and Joe are awesome. on a good match. And it will be awesome, but like it's I don't know what it's gonna be like. That's we need to see what Final Battle is gonna be doing, especially with the boys, because we got Dolan Castle and the boys are still the Ring of Honor Trios champions, so we gotta find out who they're gonna fight. Because so far, even though I know you don't watch it, the EW Dark has been kind of pushing the Hardy party because they're part of the firm and they've been having all these wins. So maybe we are going to set up for Dawn Castle and the boys versus the Hardy party or Hardy will turn and become the elite, the, the leader because like broken because Ethan Page apparently in a promo, he explained he wants to break Matt Hardy and make him broken so it could help the firm and make them more money. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know Matt Hardy was still around. This is good news. Okay. Um, so, so St- here's my match of the night. Sting and Darby, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. Sting botched that DDT at the end, but it didn't matter. He was so tired from an amazing 11-minute match. Uh, but I knew Sting and Darby would win. There's no reason for Jeff Jarrett or Jay Lethal to win matches on pay-per-views. So Sting looks awesome. Old man came out wrestling in a sweater. 
Jeff Jarrett should have won. Jeff Jarrett should have booked himself to win, changed the finish <laughs> for him to win. That's Jeff Jarrett's motto. Why did he do it to Effie, but not to Darby? Why don't you book the finish where you just beat the fuck out of Darby? But no, we had to copy Sting and have Darby be the new Sting because Sting is his dad. So he did the fucking Stinger shit after he gets shot with the fucking guitar in the back just because Sting's my dad and I want to copy my dad. Yeah, that's awesome. See, Gino, I have a dad. I love my dad. I'm a dad of two, and I want them to copy me, okay? So this is the this was the perfect match for me. And Jeff Jarrett showing up anyway and doing what everyone does. I'm here to destroy AEW. Like, no, fuck you. You're so lucky that it exists. Like, your, your shit, you, you lost your shit because you started banging Kurt Angle's wife, and you lost your shit, okay? And then you try to get it back with a green rope, and that didn't work out. So then you just crawled back to WWE, and I love Jeff Jarrett. So I'm just saying this because, no, Sting should have won. Sting rules. Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, probably match of the night. Way unexpected how good this match was. I was shocked. Um, I think I watched this. Did I watch this one the next day? Is that one of my fever dream? This match was great, Gino. I did not think Jamie Hayter was winning this fucking belt, but the Rebel involvement was great. The Britt Baker involvement later on was great. Tony kept kicking out, which was great. Um, no Thunder Rosa back yet was great. I love this match. I did as well. Now we are like setting something up, hopefully. Because, yes, they all celebrate with Rebel and Britain. I mentioned this like last night on uh, Fourth Hour while I was there. Is that we could set up where Brit's pissed off. She wants the title. While Jamie has it. And Rebel's going to be in this in-between area where she doesn't know who to side with. Does she side with her friend? Jamie, or does she side with DMD? Does she side with the person who brought her in here? Will Rebel be a factor in what will set up to probably be the best AEW women's match of all time? Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, where Rebel is the deciding factor. We need like an elimination chamber or something. What's what's the big multi-person match for for AEW? Because you we're starting to get enough of these enough of these women uh, in a, in the same feud. We can get six. I can get four pods. We can get some steel. We could do that, or we could just do five on five. We could do blood and guts for the women. That'd be the biggest thing for the women. I need that belt on the line. I need that belt on the line. Um, The Acclaimed, that match was awesome, Swerve in Our Glory. Finally, Keith Lee leaving that piece of shit Swerve behind. Swerve's moving on to bigger and better things. They're not a tag team. I was never really into them as a tag team. I want singles. I they both left WWE to start a tag team. That's not what their life goals were. So Swerve's getting some TNT gold. Keith Lee's getting some All-Atlantic gold. It's time, dude. Or do you think both these guys are leaving? They're both going for the world title, I feel. This is the MJF is going to be having his hands full of Keith Lee because he's the baby face. Since Keith Lee, we again, we had tag team match. We had the trios match where again, one man went past his morals and realized that he needs to use the hammer. And we had another tag match where the man had his morals and he realized I'm not going to use these clippers to fucking take over and stop these motherfuckers from scissoring. I'm better than that. And I walk away because I have strong morals compared to Ray Phoenix, who's a weak minded. What a piece of shit. Ray Phoenix is like, I agree. Um, Max Caster got two verses. He got to like, you want more, you want more. And then he went again. Um, and then the, the, what is that? The pliers or whatever fucking swerve had. That was sadistic. So there was a lot of storytelling in this match. And I do enjoy when tag matches get time like this because 
I've seen a lot of 20-minute singles matches, you know? And the ratio of 20-minute singles to 20-minute tags that I've seen in my life, it, it's even though they're more frequent now, it feels so fresh to see a nice lengthy tag team match. So I thought this was really well done. I'm glad that the Acclaimed are still the champions, but just constant worry. And was Bowens really hurt? I don't believe he was. This is all the work. And yes, now we know that we're going to have the claim one. And we already knew that they were going to win because we're setting up for eight star FTR. It, oh, God. We are, aren't we? Okay. Sweet. All right. M MJF and Mox, main event time. Kind of knew it was that. Like, it just, it was in the air, wasn't it, that Regal was going to do that? Like, his involvement once he was down there it was pretty obvious. Why was the crowd so against Moxley? Um, Dude, a lot. Just a lot. They were not happy that Mox was there. Is it because he was wearing those red pants? Those were not the right pants to wear to that. They were against Mox because they knew this was their moment for MJF. They wanted MJF to be this champion because they they hate that Mox champ. They hate that we keep on having yeah. this guy who's all reliable. When someone gets hurt, when someone can't do it and be our champion, we have Mox. Oh, so we wow. can have him be there to replace that guy and be done with him. So be done with the former champion. So we have MJF, this guy who we know can work, this guy who has never been injured. That he's just be able to do this and come back and have this moment where he wins this time. We wanted to be behind him 100%. And we got this moment where we all knew the heel turn was going to happen. Part of me was like the go home show. We had the fucking three stooges spell with Ethan Page. I was like, this is setting up that they're all working together and it's the firm and the firm is going to help him still. But no, we decided to just go with the regal moment. But we could see if Dynamite with Ethan Page beats Ricky Starks if we are <laughs> going to have this whole set where the firm has still been working with MJF all along. And it's the firm and Regal with MJF. Oh, man. So many layers here. We're going to see what happens. Um, at least at least we get that. At least we don't know. And, and in the chat, TK is saying that, well, they were in New Jersey, so the crowd is fucking livid. Uh, they didn't like Mox. They were, you know, we're... We're pretty much Long Island. We're close enough. We like MJF. He's a New Yorker in our heads, New Jerseyer. So we're going to cheer for him. And I guess, yeah, that probably makes sense. And I just didn't like Moxley's pants. Not a fan of that. What was that? Why did he look like Braun Strowman but burgundy? He just wanted to look like a smaller, even more balder Braun Strowman, not even as good of a beard. Kevin says he's going to kill me. Which one? He didn't. He likes swerving our glory, doesn't he? I I should have just been like, nah, they're the best. I'm not a swerving our glory guy. It's time to move on to bigger and brighter things. Yes, it is time to move on to bigger, bigger and brighter things. But you did want to know what my match tonight was. My match tonight, honestly, was Eddie Kings versus Drew Nakiyama. Really? That was, I think, the best match. It was. It's because again, I love all Japan pro wrestling too, and I. At least the legends of there and seeing June Akiyama here in America have this moment with Eddie and knowing the history that Eddie has with all Japan pro wrestling. That's what I love so much is that emotion, that true heart and love that Eddie has for this sport and gave that moment with three these two. Oh, so that sounds awful, but Hey, that's good. That wouldn't be my dream match, Chino, but still, yeah. <laughs> TK pre-show is never match of the night. Like that's, that's such a Gino thing to say. Like, nah, the greatest match, the best match of the night was a pre-show match between a guy most of us have never heard of. Like, oh, okay. Like, that's the match of the night. So, amazing. You like the hug and the kiss at the end. Um, I, I guess my match of the night was probably the, the Jungle Boy match. I love cages. That's all it is. 
It's like a nice cage match. I like the MJF match, so I thought it was well done. I thought Mox wrestled it well. I liked that he was kind of getting into the crowd, booing the fuck out of him. So, all in all, I thought it was an okay show. I watched it with a fever. That helped it out quite a bit. So, we'll see what happens tomorrow night is the fallout from... It doesn't sound as good, huh? The fallout from All Out sounded awesome. They need to have, like, the... This. We need, I'll figure it out. I'll workshop it. But, but uh, they're going to follow up full gear. We already know we got Jericho's match tomorrow night. I am feeling like shit, Gino. So it's time to ride off into that glorious, glorious sunset. I thought we were just going to go for one hour. We got for two because that's just how talking to you goes about wrestling. We just kept going and going. Taboo Tuesday became a huge topic that I hadn't even written down. But I'm glad that it did. Um, but I think we did it. I think we covered it all, ins and outs. We did. We're going to have an amazing dynamite tomorrow where we're going to have Ishii to fight the hopefully again. He's going to lose to Jericho, but having a big match with Jericho. But what sucks is sad to say for everybody here, I'm going to try my best to be here for TWFS, but I have work at 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. So I sadly will be missing parts of dynamite, both to get to work and then be in work. So hopefully I'll be able to make time to at least call in at work. To 9 PM? You got the, you got a night shift? How did this happen? Yeah, like uh, this one coworker wanted to switch hours, which was perfect fine because she has like a flight she has to get to the next day. So she wants to make sure she can get there on time and everything. So instead of her working nights, I'm going to work tomorrow night. For her, I've worked a few overnight shifts. So again, I don't mind working the whole 9 p.m., 3 a.m. Just to make a few extra dollars per hour because it's like 16 instead of 14 because right. $2 more difference, thankfully. Shift, yeah. So making more money, a little bit more money here and there for those few hours should be perfectly fine. But I will try to, if I can, make time and make space and have the ability to hopefully use the Chromebook from work to sign in to Discord to join the call, I will for damn look, sure. Look at all the steps. We love it, Gino. That's what we need. We were worried that you getting this job was going to take away. But you're over here knowing when, like, you want to watch Stardom. So it hasn't affected your wrestling consumption, which is fantastic. Uh, but like I said, it's time to ride off. I have, we, we did it. I'm glad we did it. Now I need to recover by tomorrow because we got the whole effing show immediately following Dynamite. So thank you for your time tonight, Gino. I appreciate it. Not a problem at all, please. Love you, man. Love you, you too. That's Sonic Gino. He stepped up in a huge way. Always a pleasure to have my main man Gino on. No geezy tonight. Uh, I'll be back with him next Gino! week. And again, thank you guys for coming in and hanging out. Yeah, let's ride off into that glorious sunset. Appreciate you all coming in and hanging out, talking some wrestling with us. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Kev Be Cool. It's going to be a good time. So I'll see you there.